What in the world does the story about Jonah being swallowed by a great whale have to do with the all-encompassing and unconditional love of God? Let's find out on today's The Critical Faith Podcast with Pastor Jane Holtzclaw. But first, let's listen to that story again. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim it to the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. Jonah and the whale. That's how I knew this story. As a child, that was my introduction to whale anatomy. I could envision Jonah being swallowed by a big whale. And I could imagine the cavernous innards of this big creature and Jonah living there for three days. Later, I began to understand what whale anatomy really was about, and then I had difficulty imagining, try as I might, how somebody could actually be swallowed by a whale with all those big teeth, and how they could live for three days in this very cramped type of space. And eventually, I discovered that scripture is not always historical, and it certainly is not always scientific. But it was a good story, and Jonah is a fun character. He gets up in God's face and lives to tell about it. But it's also more than just a fish story. It is a story of God's promise to us of love, justice, and mercy. To understand our scripture reading today, we need to get a picture of the whole story. Jonah is a prophet of God's in the Old Testament, and he has just received a message from God to go to Nineveh and warn the Ninevites that God is angry with them for their sins and plans to destroy them. Jonah is not happy about this. He doesn't like the Ninevites. He knows that they are an evil people, and he knows God well enough to anticipate that if the Ninevites repent, God will forgive them. So Jonah decides he doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and he jumps on a ship to Tarsus, exactly the opposite direction by about 500 miles. A bit of history is helpful here. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, and it was the Assyrians who many years prior to this episode with Jonah had invaded the Israel northern kingdom and had exiled the vast majority of the population, now known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. 130-some years later, Assyria recycled around and captivated Jerusalem and exiled the Israelites that were living there to Babylon. 
After about 50 to 70 years, the Israelites returned to Jerusalem. It is this period after the exiles returned to Jerusalem that scholars believe the story of Jonah was written. So the people reading this story knew the history, they knew about Nineveh, they knew the evils of Assyria, and they would have empathized with Jonah, and they would have felt his pain as he was sent on a journey to warn the the Nivites of God's plan. So Jonah's on this ship to Tarsus. God turns up this huge storm. The ship is in danger of sinking. And the sailors finally figure out that maybe there's something going on with this strange guy that jumped on the ship right before it departed. They find Jonah in the bottom of the ship, sleeping, and confront him. And Jonah fesses up and says, well, you know, God and I are not exactly on good terms right now. I probably have something to do with this storm. Just toss me overboard and everything will be okay. The crew isn't thrilled with that option, but when nothing else works, they take Jonah up on his offer and toss him overboard. This big fish is swimming around, not a whale. It's referenced as a big fish in scripture. Swallows Jonah. Jonah is in the belly of this fish for three days and then repents for trying to escape from God. The fish spits him up on shore, and guess who's there to welcome him? God is there to welcome him, and repeats his instructions to Jonah to go warn the Ninevites. Jonah trucks off to Nineveh. Nineveh is described as a big city, a three days walk across. Jonah tippy-toes in, gets about a third of the way in, and then delivers his oracle. It is the shortest oracle in the Old Testament, consisting in the Hebrew of five words. Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He gives his message and then hightails it out of town, camps out on a hill outside of Nineveh, and waits to see what happens. The people take his advice, they take heed of what he has said, and repent. The people, the king, all the animals, repent. God takes notice of this and forgives them. Jonah watches all of this and is a very unhappy camper. God has done what he was afraid he would do. He's forgiving the Ninevites, and Jonah is upset and angry. And he gets up in God's face a second time. You're going to do that? You're going to forgive them? Well, then just kill me. Well, Jonah pouts in the hot sun of the desert. God raises up a plant, a big plant, big leaves, to offer some shade to Jonah. Jonah gets some rest. He sleeps that night. Then God sends a worm to kill the plant. The plant dies and withers. Jonah is again exposed to the burning desert sun and gets angry at God for a third time. How dare you forgive them, God? Just Kill me if that's what you're going to do. At that point, God sits down with Jonah and has a chat with him and and says, Jonah, you're worried about this plant. What about me and the people of Nineveh? Should I not be concerned about the thousands of people in Nineveh who don't know any better? 
This story is about more than God's relationship with a, devi- with a defiant, sinful community. It tells us about God's promise of unending love, mercy, and justice for all of us. So what does Jonah's interactions with God tell us about our relationship with God? Well, first off, Jonah teaches us that God shows love and mercy by being ever-present. Jonah couldn't shake God off, no matter how hard he tried. Jonah got angry and subordinate with God three times. God didn't ignore the temper tantrum, but God didn't throw Jonah off the island either. When Jonah was ready to come back and talk, God was there waiting for him on the shore and gave him a second and later a third chance. And when it was all said and done, God sat down and engaged Jonah in conversation. God didn't lecture. He engaged in discussion to answer Jonah's questions and help him understand what God was doing. It's okay to get angry with God. Jonah got angry. He tried to escape, but he couldn't escape from God, despite his best efforts. And neither can we. God's love and God's mercy is ever-present. Psalm 139 speaks to this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Jonah also teaches us that God shows love and mercy by refusing to desert us. We have all had our struggles this past year. Even seemingly small things can grow into big obstacles over long periods of time. We've endured restrictions on social interactions, separation from family and loved ones, illnesses. And who would have thought that wearing a mask would become a standard item of clothing? But no matter the struggle, no matter the despair, and no matter the grief, we can trust that God will not abandon us. God didn't abandon Jonah, despite his anger and his temper tantrums and his disobedience and his attempts to escape from God. In our Presbyterian Women's Bible Study this past week, the topic revolved around the trials and disasters that Job experienced. A devout follower of God in the Old Testament, he encountered sudden loss of all his possessions, including his family, and loss of his health. But God had not abandoned him. The author of the Bible study challenged us to consider that when lamenting our struggles, when struggling with adversity, to remember the concept, to remember the message that even though whatever it is that is happening, even though that is happening, I am a child of God. God will not desert me. God will not desert us. God gets it. 
that we don't understand. God gets it that you and I can get feisty when we don't understand what's happening and when we're asked to do things that we don't want to do. But God can deal with it. God has more patience than we do. And God can wait us out. And most importantly, as with Jonah, God can help us understand if we are willing to sit still and listen. God gave Jonah as many chances as Jonah needed, despite Jonah's anger and despite Jonah's temper tantrums. Our scripture reading from Psalm 62 reminds us, For God alone my soul in silence waits. Truly my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Put your trust in him always, for God is our refuge. God is with us. God is in it. And finally, we learn from Jonah that God is a God of justice. There is a difference between the rightness and the wrongness of behaviors and the righteousness of the person engaging in those behaviors. God disapproved of the behaviors of the Ninevites, but God had compassion and love for the people. When they repented, God forgave them and spared them disaster. Jonah couldn't understand it, and there was no way that he could. He could only see the situation through the lens that he was wearing. He only had the first story view. He couldn't see from the upper story, this upper story where God was, to get the total picture. God was calling Jonah to live into a new reality. In this case, the rehabilitation of Nineveh. Jonah resisted. And God understood. God gave Jonah second chances, engaged him in conversation. He guided him to an understanding of what was happening. God will guide us into a new reality so that we can guide others, not in judgment, but to right behaviors. We are in the midst of so many struggles right now, We each see the world through the lens that we are wearing, and our view may be quite different from that of our neighbor. Our challenge is to understand our neighbor's view, to take the risk of looking through their lens. It may seem, and it may be difficult, but it means stepping back from the intensity and emotion of the moment. It may mean stepping outside of our comfort zone to acknowledge and engage in dialogue about perceptions that differ from our own. But it is only when we understand the lens through which the other person views the world that we can engage in meaningful dialogue and resolution of conflict. We are not alone 
in walking this bizarre, twisting, mysterious, unknown path that has been laid before us. Pandemic, social and political turmoil, social justice inequality, the list goes on. God sent Jonah on a difficult mission, one that Jonah did not understand and therefore disagreed with. But God stuck by him, despite his outright disobedience, despite his repeated temper tantrums. God did not chastise him, reject him, or abandon him. We can trust that God will stick with us also. Psalm 62 reminds us, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will never be greatly shaken. We can get angry with God. We can question God. We can even doubt God's presence. But God will be waiting for us on the shore, ready to give us a second chance, even a third and fourth chance, and to guide us back to the path that God has set for us. We can take a lesson from Jonah. God is patient. God is understanding. God is a, set, a God of second and third chances, and forever chances. God is compassionate, and God works for justice for all. But most importantly, God knows way more about what God is doing than we do. Glory be to God. Thank you for joining us today in the Critical Faith Podcast. To discover a place where faith is nurtured, curiosity is encouraged, diversity really is welcomed, and all are truly loved, visit our website at www.fpclincoln.org or like our Facebook page at First Presbyterian Church, Lincoln, Nebraska.